guys really are cowboys. What's your problem, Kazansky? You're everyone's problem. That's because every time you go up in the air, you're unsafe. I don't like you because you're dangerous. That's right. Nice, man. I am dangerous. Hello and welcome to 80s Movie Montage. This is Derek. And this is Anna. And I'm really sorry that that clip didn't capture the dramatic (laughs) conclusion, which if I was just going to write it out, it would be chomp. You mean of the teeth? Chomp. Chomp chomp of the teeth. Yes, that was Iceman's response. Yes. And it just wasn't captured adequately through the audio. No, something you have to see. But it it really, really is the cherry on top of that scene. (laughs) A scene from... Top Gun. Top Gun, uh, which is the film that we're covering today. Uh, Pretty excited because this is just a real fun one, and we had two, count them, two amazing guests exactly for, for this episode and we will get to them shortly but uh let's dive in so 1986 mm-hmm. uh not only was a film that happened to be released in 1986 but it was the top grossing film of 1986 so we're talking blockbuster top gun top grossing exactly yes yes indeed um and yeah this movie man uh it's ridiculous it is just a, a ridiculous movie, and I love it. I love it. I mean, yeah. I know that we both love it. There are parts we, of it that, like, you watch it and you're like, yeah, that's not cool, and yet I still love this movie. Yeah, exactly. I mean, this is on the rotation yeah. of our going-to-bed movies. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we probably have it on once a week. Uh, and outside of that, I mean, honestly, I've probably seen this film, like, hundreds, yeah. hundreds of times. Yeah. Because um, it's that great. Okay. So let's let's talk about the people who are responsible for this movie. Who's responsible for this? <laughs> so first, let's go to the writers. Uh, okay, so we've had films in the past that were based on novels. Yeah. A couple of them at this point. Yeah. I believe this is the first film that we have that is based upon a magazine article. That's interesting. Okay. Yeah. So um, ba- same same name. The magazine article was Top Gun. Um, and it was written by Ehud Yone. Oh, and so okay. give credit where credit is due, source material. Uh, and then as far as the screenwriters behind this film, we have like a true writing partnership of okay. Jim Cash and Jack Epps Jr. I'm mentioning them together because outside of some TV work that Jack Epps Jr. did um, in his like early career, for the most part, all of their credits are as a writing duo. Oh, okay. Um, so this isn't something where like somebody you know did a draft of it and then it was handed off to somebody else. They worked on this together, and they worked on several films together. Among them, uh, Legal Eagles. Oh, okay. Yeah, they had a lot of great '80s films. Um, Legal Eagles, The Secret of My Success, mm-hmm. which I personally love. It's a good movie. Good movie. Turner and Hooch. Okay, starting a plateau, maybe. <laughs> still still good. Still fun movie. Dick Tracy. Now we're possibly not. Oh uh, I mean still different, just different kind of movie. <laughs> what else what else did he work on? <laughs> they. They worked what, on. What else did they work on? Anaconda. Come on. 
Okay, it is not, uh, let's say, an acclaimed film, but it's a lot of fun to watch. It is. Look. It's it's actually... All of these m- movies are. Maybe the most like Top Gun of yeah. all of the writing credits in it, terms of yeah. like, it's not going to win any awards. It's the Top Gun I of giant actually, snake movies. wonder if Anaconda got any Razzies. That's something I'll have to look up. Uh, but so <laughs> Anaconda and then... Okay, well, where'd they go from there? Okay, Mr. Snarky, I know what you're looking at. The Flintstones in Viva Lock, Rock Vegas. It's a mouthful. I, uh, I have no idea. I was just uh, waiting to hear what they... But, I mean, look, they have between them several films that are really well-known and what more can you ask for as a screenwriter? So that is Jim Cash and Jack Epps Jr. Wanted to point out that there is a another credit, an uncredited credit... For a Warren Scarin, who we've talked about actually a couple times at this point. Okay. Um, he was the screenwriter on Beverly. Okay, so this is the one movie we haven't done yet. Oh wait, can we do it? It's still is it still in 80? Beverly Hills Cop two? It's eighty seven. It, that's number two. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, we're good. All right. Well, maybe we'll get there someday. Um, but we did talk about him for both Beetlejuice and Batman. So nice. pretty. Pretty legit credits in his own right. <laughs> yeah. No um, Viva Rock Vegas, but still not bad movies. No, not at all. So, okay. Moving on to the director of the film, Tony Scott. Mm-hmm. Uh, Scott is probably maybe among the more common last names. The only reason why I'm saying that is because maybe you wouldn't initially know this, but he is, in fact, the younger brother of Ridley Scott. I did know that, but I know a lot of people may not. Yeah. yeah. So they're actually brothers. Um, he's no longer with us, unfortunately. But he, boy, what he did in his time, pretty impressive. Uh, and we talk about this with our guests, Katie and Brad, that he had a very, a very defined style of movie making. Mm-hmm. Um, as you'll, I think, hopefully see when I list off all these credits. So The Hunger, he was the director on Beverly Hills Cop 2. Okay. And, and actually, that's something you're going to see. I know this happens a lot with the films that we talk about, but you're going to see a lot of repeat titles because the these people kind of work together on a lot of stuff together. Overlap the podcast. Exactly. So Beverly Hills Cop 2, Days of Thunder. So he reteamed. Oh, with, okay. Yeah, Top with Gun Tempers. on Wheels. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yep. Maybe, yeah, that's know. pretty much it. I, I bet you that's how they pitched it. Yeah. Um, the Last Boy Scout. True Romance, All right. legit great movie, yeah. um, not 80s, so we can't cover it, oh. but Crimson Tide, Oh the my fan. God, that movie's so good. Okay. I'm sorry. No, no, no. I'm yeah, sorry. I didn't mean movie. to. Crimson Tide is a great movie. Okay. Yeah. Uh, the Fan. Okay. With, not, um, not, not exactly the same level of enthusiasm. With uh, Robert De Niro? Uh, I think so. Possibly. I think, yeah, I think yeah. I think something else, but you're probably right. Um, Enemy of the State. Okay. Spy Game and Unstoppable. Spy Game, also a good movie. Yeah. With, uh, Redford and mm-hmm. Brad Pitt. Yep. Brad Pitt. Yep. Okay. So I think this is so interesting because not to like kind of step on the toes of our interview with Brad and Katie, oh but my one God. of the things, so like, spoiler, Brad had never seen Top Gun before and it was like really awesome to get the take of somebody who is like totally new to this movie yeah and the reason why i'm bringing him up already is because one of the things that he mentions is like how much he loved the music 
And it does have a super, super iconic score that like, you know, as soon as you hear it. For copyright reasons, that's the best that we could do, folks. And the person we have to thank for that is Harold Foltermeyer. He did a great job. He did a great job, and he's done a great job on Just several the, other films. The beginning, that intro music where oh, they give you like totally like, holy shit, this is gonna be amazing. Yeah, I mean, this film, great score and great soundtrack in terms of like the songs that they incorporated into yeah. it. They really knocked it out of the park in yeah. that regard. And and Brad's very correct, and he said a couple times that it felt kind of like he was watching a music video. He, it's true. Yeah. So. Uh, do not disagree. Uh, okay, so some of Foltermeyer's other credits, Beverly Hills Cop and Beverly Hills Cop 2. So again, we have a movie coming up. Um, Fletch and Fletch. Fletch I should uh, not lives. say it so fast. Correct. Yeah. yeah. Fletch lives. He does. Yeah. Uh, the Running Man, Tango and Cash, Cop Out, and it. I don't know. Okay, so like we talk about with our guests the fact that there is a sequel coming. There's a sequel down the pipeline for Top Gun. It was supposed to have been released last year. Obvious reasons why it didn't. Um, Hoping 2021 is the year that it comes out. But who knows, to be quite honest. I think think that's reasonable at this point. Uh, Yeah, I mean, like I want to say maybe they have it for July of this year. That might still be premature. This is, I'm guessing, if it's anything like this movie, it's a movie you got to see in the theater. So I'm sure that they would much rather hold out for a theatrical release than just going directly to video on demand. There are some movies that they will just wait. They'll hold on mm-hmm. to it until they can yeah. have that theatrical release. And yeah. I'm sure that's one of them. Yeah. But uh, Faltermeyer's name is on it, I'm guessing, because they want like a kind of continuity um and and i'm sure like we just said it's such an iconic score i'm sure well i shouldn't say i'm sure i don't know i'm not on the inside of this movie but like that they would maybe incorporate it into the sequel they so. better and um he's done just a ton of music videos uh which i including was, top gun yeah i thought it was really interesting because i you know we brought up other creatives who have worked on music videos but it's usually in terms of like being a cinematographer or director the fact that he is a composer working on music videos makes me think he must be collaborating yeah with the artists in some regards so i thought that was kind of just an interesting side note of his career okay speaking of cinematography uh we have a gentleman by the name of jeffrey l kimball so yeah uh, I mean, it it's pretty impressive, the people who are attached to this film. They all have had pretty incredible careers. Did they um, were they incredible before or mostly after? Would you say that this kind of like launched yes. in some parts their yeah, career? Okay. I think so. I think so. Um so we have for him and we will definitely do this movie at some point, The Legend of Billy Jean. Oh, for sure. Yeah. For definitely. sure. Yeah, right, right is fair is fair. What, fair is fair. As they say. Fair is fair. Uh once again, Beverly Hills Cop 2. Are we even so, gonna watch the first one? <laughs> I know. We just immediately go to the second. Um you like this movie, Jacob's Ladder. I like it in the way that you might like something that you'll never watch again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it. It's, We've talked about those movies. Yeah, like Requiem for a Dream. It's not that bad, okay. but it's it's like yeah, 
there's there's no real mood that I'm ever in where I'm like, yeah, I want to see this. That's the movie I'm in the mood for. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no. I love this trajectory. So he goes from Legend of Billy G. Well, okay, I I did not. This isn't an exhaustive list of his credits, but generally speaking, I think it's an interesting trajectory because we go from like Legend of Billy Jean, Beverly Beverly Hills Cop Two, mm-hmm. Jacob's Ladder to Curly Sue. Sometimes you just need like a, a mental palate, cl- palate cleanser yeah. type thing. Like you just got to get rid of some of this intensity. <laughs> And then from Curly Sue to True Romance. And then you just got to ramp it back up. <laughs> uh, the specialist, Wild Things, he reteams with Tom Cruise on Mission Impossible 2. Look, Mission Impossible 2. Isn't is, that the one that everybody hates? Yes, it is almost inarguably the worst of the series. And okay. after the first one was so amazing, that second one was such a disappointment. And then something must have changed because every other Mission Impossible That's after great. that has kind of had like the same the same like uh, feel to it. But part two was just bizarre. But didn't he have great hair in part two? Isn't that the one with the long hair? And he, is that the one that opens with him uh cliff like climbing? Yeah. Okay. He had great hair and he had like super cool sunglasses that he would flip off at various times to show how cool he was while doing three sixties on a motorcycle and also having a motorcycle fight with someone. The Mission Impossible films are entertaining. I know that we did a like marathon we did. of them. I still wouldn't be able to uh, tell one apart from the other, to be honest. Yeah, they're they're. Um, I don't know. But for the most part, if you like one, you'll like all of them, but two. But two. Yeah. Okay. Fair. Uh, a few more of Kimball's credits: Wind Talkers, Star Star Trek Nemesis. Be Cool, that's the sequel to Get Shorty. Get Shorty's a great film. Mm-hmm. And The Expendables. Okay. Yeah. All right. So moving on to the editors, plural, of this film. Boy, oh boy. I mean, I know I just got done saying how impressive the credits are for the people we that are attached to this film. Uh, these two... They're amazing. Have I mean, it's like, stuff? yeah, they've done some stuff. So firstly, let's talk about uh, Chris Levinson. Okay. I think I'm saying that right. I th- okay. I think so. Uh, I'm like staring at the name. <laughs> uh, okay. So we have, and I mean, this is me like condensing the career of this gentleman. I still listed 21 films. Holy cow. Okay. I know. I'm sorry, but okay. So here we go. Yeah. Weird Science. Mm-hmm. Beverly Hills Cop 2. Was there even a Beverly Hills Cop 1? <laughs> Does that We're going to have to do it, and we'll be talking about all the same people if we okay. do. Midnight Run, mm-hmm. Days of Thunder. So, again, reteams with uh, with both Scott and Cruz. Hudson Hawk, Batman Returns. Love that movie. Ed Wood, Crimson Tide. Oh, yeah. Your movie. Mars Attacks. Con Air. Crazy, dumb, ridiculous movie, but I like it. Armageddon. Same. Yeah, you could say the same. <laughs> Enemy of the State, Sleepy Hollow. I put this one in because this is the one that I got tripped up on, I think, in the last episode, Gone in 60 Seconds. I kept thinking that was Gone, Baby Gone. Uh, <laughs> Pearl Harbor, Planet of the Apes, Big Fish. Which Planet of the Apes? Uh, the first one. Not, not like the first one. But the, like, first of the reboots, right? Isn't that the first of the reboots? No, it looks like what? it was the it was the Tim Burton one. Oh, okay, so, that so that's one, not connected. No, that's like a, 
like a Tim Burton kind of like remake or reimagining, I think, of the original. Oh, okay. And then and then they like started completely over with like, okay. the whole thing. Well, I'm thank you for actually bringing up the name because that was something I was going to say is that it seems, I mean it pretty it's pretty obvious from Sleepy all his Hollow credits. and Batman. He has an yeah. amazing uh, collaborative relationship with Tim Burton, yeah. so he's it seems like he's kind of his go to guy at this point. Um, so Big Fish, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, Corpse Bride, another Tim Burton, Maleficent. Well and, done. That's tough oh, to say. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Cow. Appreciate that. And he's also attached to Top Gun Maverick. Okay. So excellent. Looking forward to seeing this film when it <laughs> are you gonna, comes out. Are you not going to mention Doolittle? Oh, I'm sorry. I, <laughs> I only mentioned 21 credits, but. Yeah, no, we don't have to talk about that. <laughs> okay. So this next guy, I'm actually kind of ashamed of myself that this name wasn't familiar to me already. That seems extreme. Well, you'll okay. see why. Um, so Billy Weber, uh, boy, this guy's credits same same Z's, pretty pretty impressive. Hold on, okay, I'll let you go. Okay, just really excited about this list of credits. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. I hope I don't miss something that you're. I bet looking you're not. at. Okay, uh, so first of all, very very early career Badlands, which he is has the uncredited credit. Okay, Badlands, uh, Terrence Malick phenomenal filmmaker and then we go into days of heaven which is also a malik film the warriors yeah is that what you were looking at no it's not but i'm i'm excited you're happy i put that that for you (laughs) i put that for you 48 hours once again we have both beverly hills cop and beverly hills cop i'm just excited that the first one got some recognition well the first one got recognition who did who did we cover that i like literally just oh did uh, we i I know two's been like referenced like five times um the the music okay that makes sense because uh beverly hills cop another iconic score yeah by fulter meyer okay so back to billy weber peewee's big adventure okay Midnight Run, Days of Thunder. So again, another reteaming. Grumpy Old Men. Okay, here's here's these next two where I'm like, oh, I didn't know this guy. The Thin Red Line. Oh yeah, I Holy understand. Holy yeah. cow! Uh, talk about an undertaking to try to edit. Well, I mean, Malik is kind of notorious because I mean, this is so difficult because I love Terrence Ma- Malik as a filmmaker, and he did no movies in the '80s, so we like can't really talk about him. So I try to find these little like areas where I can, and this is going to be one of them. Phenomenal filmmaker, pretty notorious for shooting a lot of film. Oh. Um, so for Weber to go through, go through everything, I'm guessing that was shot and to piece together the story, which still that's a lot. Of, that's why a lot of people aren't maybe sometimes a fan of Malik because he he doesn't he does he does not adhere to linear storytelling um so i personally though i've said it before thin red line a gorgeous film please see it uh and then he goes from thin red line to miss congeniality that's fun another one of my favorite yeah. films uh and then i had to put this just because it's like one of those infamous films julie yeah unfortunately yeah i'm yeah. glad that you brought that up because that's uh that's okay we all stumble sometimes yeah it's all right uh, and then he rebounds big time with Nacho Libre. Exactly. And then he kind of stumbles again with the love guru. Well, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's okay. It's okay. Does another Malik film, The Tree of Life. And then one of his uh, most recent, Jack Reacher, Never Go Back. Yeah, reuniting with Cruz. Yeah, exactly. Speaking of, mm-hmm. let's get into the stars of the film. Who's in this? Some guy... 
Name Tom Cru- Tomothy Cruz. Cruz. Tomothy? Did you call him Tomothy? Is that not his full name? <laughs> well, his real name is uh, what is this? It's like Thomas. It, it's like math, math pol- I don't know. His his last name is not Cruz. Okay, that's his like. That is, I mean, maybe at some point he's gotten legally changed, have no clue, but that is not the name he was born with. It's pretty common. So, um, okay. So Tom Cruise, he plays Maverick Slash, which that's his cosign or whatever they his call, call it. Sign. Call sign. Yeah. Sorry. Thank you. There were no legal uh, documents involved <laughs> in this. <laughs> Shows you how much I know about this world. Uh, so that was his call sign. Yeah. And his real name is Pete Mitchell. In the mm-hmm. film. So, holy cow. I mean, does it get bigger than Tom Cruise? I, I think it does not. I think it, I agree. Yeah. And Brad said as much yeah. that, you know, he is he is the quintessential movie star of the modern era. Yeah. Um, and continues to be so. So, you know, he and as I'll, you know, I'll go through his credits. He already was on the map before Top Gun. He certainly had a name for himself. But I think most people would agree that this is the film that like shot him out into the stratosphere literally yeah yeah literally i didn't mean it that way but you're right (laughs) um as just like a legitimate movie star yeah so among his credits um these are all pre uh top gun the outsiders risky business that's probably when he first started really getting um some momentum uh, all the right moves, legend. Underrated, and I I don't know how many people are even aware of it because it is kind of like a weird. Yeah, isn't that odd also movie. that's um it's a really yeah Scott it's really Scott it? movie yeah yep. Um, okay, so then after so this shows you where this man's career has gone post Top Gun. Mm-hmm. We have Color of Money with uh, you know Paul Newman, Paul Newman amazing kind of yeah. famous guy. Uh, loose uh, kind of sequel to the hustler yeah 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 it's i mean it's a sequel it's not even a spiritual sequel it is just like a flat out sequel but it's so much time has passed exactly yeah yeah uh cocktail rain man cocktails pretty dumb it's It's not one of his finest he has like as you'll see because you as big of a star as he is he doesn't have a huge resume of films i think he has maybe about 50 acting credits which over the course of 40 years that's not a ton but he typically always chooses winners i feel yeah like, like in cocktail however it I was think reviewed cocktail did well though yeah i yeah, think it, it was it a just commercial wasn't critically acclaimed yeah 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 um okay rain man born so born on the fourth of july that was i believe his first nomination that was a for, great great yeah. movie i mean it was a it's like another one of those movies where i saw it i don't probably want to see it again but it was a really mm-hmm. impactful movie okay days of thunder where he talk- his his name in in days of thunder what is his name in days of thunder his name in days of thunder is cole trickle and i've always wondered if that's a Makes play me think of like travis bickle from taxi driver but i'm sure that's not maybe there there actually was a nascar racer by the name of dick trickle Oh, okay. And so I've always felt that his Days of Thunder name was somehow a play off of that. Okay. That's probably more likely than my immediate <laughs> conclusion. But, uh, okay. 
So where was I? Oh, the next film, which teamed him up with one of his wives, far and away. <laughs> oh, well, Days of Thunder was actually the first one. I should have, I, that, that's where they first came together, him and Nicole Kidman. Um, but then they did Far and Away together, which I like the film. It's not like his best work, but has an amazing soundtrack. Hmm. Absolutely gorgeous soundtrack. Uh, and then a f- next film that we both like and we see pretty frequently for some reason, uh, A Few Good Men. Yeah, it's a good. That's a, not a good movie. It's a great movie. It's a great movie. Yeah. You can't handle the truth. I know yeah. it's not him, but um, okay. So a film that I actually might it might might be maybe my one of my favorites of his uh, interview with the vampire, Vampire Chronicles, where he I, plays Lestat. Yeah, I think yeah. he's phenomenal in that movie he is he threw himself into that role and it could have been really corny well everyone in that movie throws themselves into their respective roles and for the most part it it does work sometimes i think it might be a smidge too dramatic just a little um yeah i mean like if we're gonna really get into it uh i think that that's Maybe the fault of Brad Pitt. He's just so, pardon me, but fucking emo in that movie. I can't with him. I think it's just how vampires are. <laughs> I just, and I know that Lestat is intentionally the more outrageous of the kids. Like, it's easy to put your attention on him. Yeah. And I know that Louis is supposed to be the morose, like, a vampire that still has, like, morality, you know? You're not just um, giving me, like, two hours of that, though. You're giving me the equivalent of, like, hundreds of years. Yes. Of, of him yes. being like, no, I don't really want to hurt anyone. Yeah. Kristen Dunst, her breakout film, crazy. Yeah, <laughs> crazy no, for impressive her, for a child. As a kid to, to have to act against that. Yeah, was... she did. So anyway, it's it's really a shame it's not an 80s movie, but uh, okay. Moving on. So, moving on. So no, I just put this because we, like we just talked about, there's been how many now? Six, eight Mission Impossible films? Uh, seven and eight are filming. Okay. Okay. So technically, I'm right yeah. in, bo- in both regards. Six have been released, but yeah. there are like now eight movies, so to speak. I just put down Mission Impossible because I'm just putting. <laughs> I, I'm just incorporating all the other yeah. ones. Um, Jerry Maguire, great, great performance again. Yeah, I, you had me at hello. Yeah, he was. Yeah. Uh, that line is definitely the line that I like better. The one that you complete me. Ugh, Ter- terrible, mm. terrible. Uh, like relationship. He could have just said, like, I'm super needy. <laughs> um, okay, and then we go to his final film with Kidman, uh, Eyes Wide Shut. I've Weird. seen it. It's bizarre. It's Kubrick's, I believe, his last film. I don't even know if it was completed by the time he passed away. Underrated movie with uh, some really cool Radiohead in it is Vanilla Sky. Yeah, I saw Vanilla Sky. Um yeah, it is kind of one of those, like, it almost feels like stream of consciousness. Yeah. T- intentionally so. Yeah. Um, You're watching but, it like, what's going on? Yeah. No, literally, the whole time I was like, I have no clue what's happening. <laughs> um, but it was interesting to watch. Yeah. And I appreciate him trying to, like, go beyond his comfort zone yeah. with the different roles he takes on. Uh, I really love him in Collateral. Yes. He's great. I mean, love Michael yeah. Mann. I'll watch anything Michael Mann. I mean, famously, they use one of his scenes where he, like, pulls his, his weapon when he's being mugged in, like, police training videos to show how to properly uh, shoot people, which, I don't know, they need training for that, but yeah. I Anyways, mean, he did it so slick he, that they're... 
I'm glad you brought that up because that's one thing that like, look, um, a lot could be said about the personal life of Tom Cruise. I'm not getting into that. As a actor, I feel like there's nobody out there who takes it more seriously and prepares more. He is a goddamn professional. Yeah. 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 So in all facets, whether it's like his acting role or now that he's, you know, becoming increasingly involved in the production with mm -hmm, all the, mm -hmm. um, I mean, he produces movies. on his film. Like, yeah. Yeah. Even uh, for a hot second, had his own. I, I think that went away. But he had his own production company. They revived. Oh, gosh. What was it? Uh, United Artists, I want to say, maybe. Anyway. Um, yeah. I mean, as far as, like, who he is as an actor, pretty impressive. And then just some of his uh, more recent credits. Tropic Thunder. People love him in that. Yeah. Um, and again, like how awesome for him to put himself out there that way because i think he has a very meticulously cold image and it's not a uh um a character that you know puts him put, puts him in a great light so anyway yeah uh rock of ages which i thought was fun jack reacher and then obviously avi top gun maverick yeah jack the jack reacher movie i don't think i've seen the second one the first one was was actually not a bad movie. It was pretty good, but it just felt too much like I was watching Ethan Hunt from mm. the Mission Impossible movies. There okay. was too much of a, I don't know, same feeling. Okay. Moving on to Charlie. I don't think, I'm, I mean, I'm almost positive we never get her real name in the film, but Kelly McGillis's actual character name is Charlotte Blackwood. Oh, cool. That's a cool name. Mm-hmm. So, okay, McGillis, um had a great 80s and she's still working but a lot of her stuff I didn't I would like wasn't familiar with and also she very similarly to Cruz doesn't have like a ton I think she's just very selective she does some like theater and stuff and she's kind of commented on her like not being involved in the sequel and she she's like I I have different priorities now and yeah, you know for fair. her she, she basically said like Tom Cruise looks pretty damn great, and I am old and fat. So um, it would not work for a romance. She doesn't really care. She's like, yeah. I'm happy with my life. Sure, it's, sure. So but She's yeah. a fantastic actress. She is. Um, as, like, especially a couple, you know, I mentioned the 80s. Witness and The Accused. I mean, wow. Uh, yeah. Pretty incredible roles in both of them. And then some of the ones that, like, maybe people are more familiar with, The Babe, North, At First Sight, Blue. And then she's done, like, she's kind of pivoted. She does a ton of TV. Um, lots of TV appearances. So Kelly McGillis. Okay. Moving on to Iceman. That's right, Iceman. That's right, Iceman. Otherwise known as Val Kilmer. Uh, otherwise known as Tom Kazansky. What's your problem, Kazansky? <laughs> I think it's, like, very preferable that they just refer to him as Iceman for most of the film. Um, okay, so we have talked about him, but it's new season, so we'll we'll dive back into his, uh, <laughs> his credits. So we talked about him in Real Genius uh, right before Real Genius was top secret. So those were, like, the couple films that he had pre-Top Gun, um, which, you know, we talk about that with Katie and Brad. I think that there were some really interesting casting choices because – now, I don't know if people can disassociate, you know, kind of this macho, masculine type uh, feel 
from Val Kilmer and Tom Cruise in these films, but I don't know if they were necessarily looked at that way uh, before this film came out. Um, okay, but post Top Gun, we have Willow. Great movie. Man, that movie's amazing. We'll do it. I wish they made more movies like that again. Yeah, it's it's really a wonderful film. And then he has, boy, his early 90s work, pretty tremendous. Yeah. The Doors. I mean, I've read that, like, the other members of The Doors were like, yeah, he absolutely he was, was a great Jim, Morrison. Jim Morrison. Yeah. And I do, I've seen the film. It's been quite a while since I saw it. But I feel like when I think Jim Morrison, I'm thinking, like, Mel Gilmer in my head. Yeah. 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 And he did all his own singing. Like, I mean, really threw himself into that role. Thunderheart, good movie, underrated. I, I don't think, think so. A lot yeah. Of people know about it. Then, boy, this is hard because there's, I, I don't know if I could like really pick a winner. The two roles that I just adore him in Tombstone and Heat. Yes, he's amazing in those. And in the middle, for some reason, he was in Batman Forever. But, I, yes, that nevertheless. Was, yeah, nevertheless. Uh, so, that is that era is what I think of when I think of Val Kilmer. But of course, he is still working up to this very day. So among some of his other credits, The Island of Dr. Moreau, The Ghost in the Darkness, The Saint, Wonderland, Alexander. I saw that movie. Oof. Ghost in the Darkness, they really marketed heavily like it's Jaws, but in grass. Yeah. And I'm... it's it's a solid movie. It's a really okay. good movie. All right. But it was not Jaws in the grass. I know he got some acclaim for Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Yes. Uh, I thought this was fun. He's uncredited, but he was the voice of Kit. Yeah, that's... In the the reboot yeah. of Knight Rider, not the original. Uh, MacGruber. Okay. And then... Yes, I remember him in that. Yeah, he's like <laughs> the villain, right? Yes. I think, yeah. And then he also appears to be part of Top Gun Maverick. So that's exciting. That is extremely exciting. Yeah. I'm happy about that. Me too. Because we probably wouldn't get a sequel with the next gentleman. Spoiler, because he dies in Top Gun. Anthony Edwards. Jeez. Sorry. Uh, otherwise, <laughs> Otherwise known as Goose. Otherwise two O's. known Two O's. Two O's. Two O's. Otherwise known as, and again, I don't think his name is ever mentioned in the film, but it is supposedly Nick Bradshaw. Huh? That's yeah, his that's name his, in the movie? That's his actual name. I mean... It's just, he's ne- never referred to. I hear him it. referred to as Goose and Asshole in the beginning when he's like, listen up, Asshole, you should feel lucky to be here. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I love this guy. I, th- I think he's just like great actor and, you know... Working, working away. I do associate him most now with ER. Me too. And I'm going to, yeah, we'll get there. Um, so one of his very earliest roles, the film that had literally everybody in it, Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Mm-hmm. He is credited as Stoner Bud. Uh, and then probably the other series that most people associate him with, maybe, is The Revenge of the Nerds. I mean, we've talked sometimes about how 80s movies have problematic. Yeah. That, those Revenge of the Nerds movies are some of the wildest. You cannot do that. And you should yeah. not have done that shit that, We'd have that you will ever see. We'd have to very lightly if we ever covered those Holy two. Holy cow. Yeah. He's yeah. in the first and the second. I yeah. know that there were many, many more, but he's like, yeah, I'm tapping out. Um, <laughs> the Sure Thing he was in. Okay. Gotcha. I put this one down for you. Pet Cemetery 2. I... I'm not a huge fan of the Pet Cemetery movies. I even read the book, and it's just... 
Yeah, I don't. It's not my thing. Okay, fair. but I appreciate the I appreciate the call I th- out. For I think it. of you. Yeah, I think of you. Baby. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, okay, and then so since then he's heavily pivoted into television, and pre er one of his tv series was northern exposure mm-hmm. he was on for a minute and then yes probably uh most people i think would think of him from er if anything i think i that's even where i think of him i think it, it's it's a toss-up between er and top gun i mean but i'm probably thinking of like... him in scrubs 14 years or something well no he cut out early did he yeah okay um and i don't remember why they killed off his character i think he had like a brain tumor or something um was it from a was it like ejection seat related oh my goodness derek moving on moving on to law and order true crime he was on and then most recently de- designated survivor huh so okay now, moving on again to another actor, Tom Skerritt. Viper. Viper. We do know his, he's referred to as his name, I think, a couple times in the movie, Mike Metcalf. Oh. Okay. Um, I made a point of putting everybody's real name in, in here as well, because I think it's funny that, like, it's like, oh, that was his actual name. So Tom Skerritt, I love this actor. Mm-hmm. I think he's great. Did a ton of TV work in his early career, and then very successfully started transitioning into film in like the late 70s and throughout the 80s um he was in the film version mash pre the tv series i put this one down because i always think this is funny so he had several appearances five in fact on the tv series gunsmoke Oh, wow. Played five different characters. I love that. I love that. And that's <laughs> not even the only one. That that was. I just like had to point out one of them. But uh, he was an up in smoke. Probably a lot of people, as I do, associate him with the amazing film Alien. Yeah. 1979, so we can't cover it. Uh, but Space Camp, made to order. I don't remember him in this, but he had, a, I'm guessing, like a guest stint on Cheers. Yeah, I don't, I don't remember, remember that either. Him, but huh. he was kind of in the infamous Poltergeist 3 where, unfortunately, um, she passed away yeah. in the middle of filming. Yeah. Uh, Steel Magnolias, The Rookie. Then he did some kind of interesting work, for lack of a better word. Uh, he was in Wild Orchid 2, Two Shades of Blue, <laughs> and Poison Ivy. Oh, okay. Uh, so he, he, you know, did some exploration um, in the early 90s uh. with uh, what he wanted to, whatever. Anyway, then he comes back strong with A River Runs Through It, uh, a beautiful film. He's in singles. And then he kind of goes back and forth uh, between TV and film. He was on Picket Fences yeah. for a while. Uh, you literally just watched this yesterday. He's in the film Contact. I love that movie. He's kind of a scumbag in it. Yeah. Um, he's in the movie. Okay. Have you ever seen The Other Sister? No, I haven't seen either of them. Lu- Ju- what? I haven't seen either of them. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> With Juliet Lewis? No. Juliet Lewis, Diane Keaton, Giovanni Ribisi. Um, it's an interesting film. I don't think it would get made today. I take um, your word for it. Yeah. Juliet Lewis and Giovanni Ribisi, for that matter, both have some kind of cognitive oh yeah i remember this yeah yeah and he's the dad okay yeah anyway and then he was on the show brothers and sisters as well 
Okay. Michael Ironside. Oh, one more credit yes. for uh, Mr. Skerritt. Sure. He also voiced, did some voice work for, for Dallas from Alien oh, in okay. the Alien Isolation video oh, game. Oh, for real? Yeah. Oh, that's actually really cool. Okay. Awesome. Okay. Michael Ironside, Jester. What a name, Michael Ironside. I mean, That's it's a, like they should have just used his real name. And your call sign is Ironside, or or like his real. Okay, so who? What name would you rather have, Michael Ironside or Rick Heatherly? Ironside. Exactly. Yeah. But his name is Rick Heatherly. Like okay. that's his real name. I don't think he's ever called that. Uh. I didn't realize that he had like I mean this guy is a workhorse. He has two hundred currently two hundred and seventy one acting credits on IMDB. And so I cult that down to all of twelve. Uh it's a little overwhelming when somebody has that many credits. That's a lot. It's a lot. But uh prom night two, total recall. That's probably where a lot of people know him. Yeah, I definitely I recognize him from that and I recognize him from a horrifically campy TV series about aliens from the 80s called V. Hmm. Okay. The aliens were lizard people. Okay. Yeah. Didn't they do a remake of that? Maybe. A reboot? Possibly. I feel like that sounds really familiar. The yeah. Years they did something like yeah, that. Yeah. It was so, it was so cheesy. Like they get in a fight and someone like they were lizard people that were wearing like human skin. It was so bad. Yikes. Yeah. Okay. Payback. Free Willy. The next Karate Kid. Hmm. Uh, then he was in Sequest 2032, the TV series. He was in Starship Troopers. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> I definitely remember from that. He was in Walker, Texas Ranger, the original okay. TV series. Then, I didn't know this, he also was on ER for a while. Wow. Yeah. That's fun. I And he's not the only one besides... Anthony Edwards. I'll get to the other person, but I'm like, oh man, if I, I, I should do some research to see if there was ever overlap. I think there was with, I don't, maybe not so much with Michael Ironside, if I remember correctly, he came on later in the series. Did he have a cool name like Viper in ER? Well, he didn't even have the name Viper in Top Gun. Did he have a cool name like uh, Jester? <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, so, I just not like, like Viper. Sure, sure, sure. <laughs> sure uh okay so he did a voice on wolverine that he it, i'm not surprised that he does voice work he has an amazing yeah very distinctive voice wolverine and the x-men i put this one for you he did voice work on transformers prime he was ultra magnus i mean that's pretty cool that's more for uh paul so sure if, paul if you're listening paul if you're listening there you go he probably already knew that uh and then <laughs> the alien alienist the Alienist. Okay. Angel of Darkness, which we watched that season. I don't remember him, hmm. but uh, any whoozle. Okay, so moving on to another megastar, Meg Ryan. Oh, yeah. Uh, she plays just Carol. I almost forgot she was in this, but that's only because of how she was in this. Yeah, unfortunately, um, I feel like she didn't get a lot to work with in this role she man she played the hell out of what she had yeah it wasn't but, her fault like that's yeah. this is what you have you're just okay go but this is this is meg ryan before people know her is like oh that's meg ryan yeah uh so she her career began on television as the role turns soap opera and then so she what i there probably are people who are what? like what's that oh as the world turns. Yeah. yeah yeah no 
Uh, she was in Inner Space. And then here's the movie that launched her into the movie star stratosphere when Harry met Sally. Yeah, I thought you might say Joe versus the volcano, but you're right. Well, it's that came, like, I think on the footsteps yeah. of when Harry met Sally. So she just all of a sudden blew up with all these different films. So, yes, Joe versus the volcano, Prelude to a Kiss. Then she was everywhere in everything. She was in everything. And that's not a bad thing. No, no. Um, I adore her in Sleepless in Seattle. That's my favorite Meg Ryan movie. When a Man Loves a Woman, French Kiss, City of Angels. She does a ton of, like, if not straight up rom-com, romantic, Some you of know, them don't have as much of the com. Yes. They're yes, just rom. Yeah. She's yeah. big in, like, the rom- romance world. Uh, you've got Mel, Kate and Leopold. I mean, she's still working, but I feel like she's kind of stepped away a little bit hmm. from... I Is she still with... Uh, John Mellencamp? Oh. I don't know. I, I don't know. Anyway, um, I think she's just, you know, she's like, I'm just going to go do my thing. And maybe if there's a role that appeals to me, I'll do it. But otherwise... She's good. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so moving on to Rick Rossovich, who plays Slider. This guy's name in the movie, Ron Kerner, hmm. is apparently his character's true name. So still working uh, among some of his credits, losing it. I know him from the Terminator. That's yeah. That's like where my mind first goes to. Do you know who I'm talking about? I'm trying to try to picture who he is in that. He's the like, roommate's boyfriend. Oh, that's yes. right. He puts up a valiant fight. Exactly. But mm-hmm. ultimately, it's a totally pointless fight. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, probably a lot of people know him from Roxanne. Steve okay. Martin and yeah. Daryl Hannah. Uh, so he's also t- done a ton of television, Sons and Daughters. He's the other guy that was on ER. Good Lord. I think he was on earlier in the season, so he might have overlapped with Anthony Edwards. Did he have a cool uh, name like Viper? (laughs) Doubtful. And Pacific Blue. Okay. Okay. So moving on to James Tolkien, who plays Stinger. He's never referred to as anything in the movie, but you know who I'm talking about if you- Tolkien? Yeah, his last name's Tolkien. I was thinking of the author. I don't think there's relation. Maybe no, it's not spelled. I had it's a quick, spelled differently. Yeah. Okay. I'll do a quick spell check here. Yeah. Um. So it's hilarious because like his two names in the film are Stinger and Tom Jardian. I don't think he's ever called either of those. I don't he's, hear him called. Yeah. He's, he's just, just the guy in the beginning of the film who f- really fucking hands it to Maverick and Goose. He's the guy with the cigar. And, and the, yeah. you're, what is it? You're writing checks. You can't, whatever he says. Your ego's writing checks your yes, body can't cash. Thank you. Thank that you, might thank be it. You. <laughs> it's close. Um, okay, so I, as far as like his credits, I wrote this one just because I thought it was funny. They might be giants. Okay. Not the band. Okay. <laughs> thank you. Yeah. Uh, Serpico. Nice. The Amityville Horror. The bit, bit part. Yeah, the one that, yes. The Ryan Reynolds remake one no, or the original? No, the original. Really? Yeah. Wow, okay. Yeah. War Games. Okay, so yeah. some of his credits are super interesting. He was in a movie called Iceman. Oh, yeah. He was also in a movie called Viper. How <laughs> crazy is that? I just put, I have no clue what either of those films are about, but I was like, that is wild. Don't uh, forget that he was in a movie that we could technically cover 
Masters of the Universe from 1987. Yeah, technically, <laughs> technically, we could. We'll we'll have to ask Paul if he's interested. We've we I mean we've talked about him because he is Mr. Strickland. Yes. In Back to the Future, and then he's also in two and three as like other character variants of that character. Um, he was in the TV show Rubbing Tin Steel. He was in Dick Tracy, mm-hmm. uh, Problem Child Two. Cobra, I don't know this show, but he was in a show called Cobra. Cobra was not a call sign, but it, I was like, that sounds like a call sign. I'm going to add close. that one, too. Yeah. And then the film that you love oh. for Kirk Douglas being in it. <laughs> <laughs> Bone Tomahawk. Oh, man. Which. Kurt Russell. Yes. Yeah. Kirk Douglas is not in the film. It no. is Kurt Russell. But yeah. when you were explaining the film to me and you were like, yeah, so Kirk Douglas is in it. I was like a hundred and like something years old. Kirk Douglas is in this movie. Any, Anyhow. <laughs> yeah. If you want to see just a horrifying mashup of Western and, and horror, then Bone Tomahawk. It's like from 2015. I'll pass. It's, it's got some like truly awful scenes Mm -hmm. and by awful i mean like i i wish that i wasn't watching this right now Mm -hmm. this is terrible so anyways he's in it it's a movie he's in it okay so just a couple more people that i want to bring up um one is john stockwell so he plays cougar Mm -hmm. he lost the edge yeah his real name apparently bill cortell okay in the film uh so we don't see a ton of him but he has a pretty memorable role in the film and, you know, is working not not like a ton, but like some of his credits. He also was in Losing It. He was in Christine. Yes, he was the older brother. And uh, he was in that huge miniseries from the 80s, North and South. Oh. So some of his credits. Okay, I, so lastly, so this yeah. is hilarious because <laughs> I'm saying lastly because in terms of credits on this film – it makes sense that he would be at the bottom of the pack, but he has gone on to become yet another megastar. Okay. And I am talking about Tim Robbins, who plays Merlin in the film. Uh, apparently, his real name is Sam Wills. Okay. And, I mean, small role, but then went on to become this huge star. So, among some of his credits, earlier work, The Sure Thing, Howard the Duck. Oh, Guessing this is just like everybody else. This is the film that launched him, Bull Durham. Yeah, yeah. And then he goes on. He's in Jacob's Ladder, and you would know that. Yes. Yes. He he is the guy. In yeah. The movie. Yeah. yeah that's what I thought. <laughs> I'm like actually um, thinking about. It. I'm like, wait, is he? <laughs> yeah, he is. Uh, Tim Robbins also had a pretty incredible early to mid '90s run. He was in Jungle Fever, The Player, Bob Rob, Bob Roberts, mm-hmm. The Hudsucker Proxy, and the film that probably literally everybody associates him with, The Shawshank Redemption. Yeah. Yeah. So. It's it's one of those few movies where I've I've read like the short story from Stephen King that it was based off of and I actually enjoy the movie more just because the performances, everything's so amazing in that. It's great. Yeah. Uh, some of his somewhat more recent work, Austin Powers, The Pi- the Spy Who Shagged Me, Mission to Mars, High Fidelity, funny character in that. Yes. Mystic River, War of the Worlds. So he reteams with Tom Cruise. Yeah. He's kind kinda, of. He's that like. Doesn't really team up with him. Yeah. Cra- yeah. He doesn't, yeah. <laughs> he doesn't 
actually team up with him. Yeah. But uh, yeah, you are correct. And then he's done a ton of TV work too lately. The Brink, Here and Now, and Castle Rock. Nice. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Some. Okay, so finally, this... Uh... You got one more? No. I got one more. Who's I got to give some love to Clarence Gilliard Jr. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Sundown. Yeah, you also, love this guy. <laughs> so he's the guy who wouldn't quit singing, I think. Yes, yes. He also was his co- co-pilot or whatever, mm-hmm. rode with Maverick after Goose passed away. Yeah. And he's also Theo from Die Hard. Yes, yes, so, yes, yes. there you go. That is actually more so where I recognize him. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Thank you. I Thank you for that. To not give him the credit that the end of the movie did not give him. <laughs> All right. So film synopsis. It's pretty well, I'll reserve my thoughts until I read it to you. Okay. As students at the United States Navy's elite fighter weapons school compete to be the best in the class, one daring young pilot learns a few things from a civilian instructor that are not taught in the classroom. That honestly makes it sound like this should be rated NC-17. Exactly. Like, I mean, come on. That is that is ridiculous. I mean, no mention of him like trying to live up to his father's reputation. Yeah. No, no mention of the like intense competition among the pilots. <laughs> like, no mention of his best friend dying. It's, um, it's literally <laughs> the worst synopsis that we've looked at for any it's movie we've covered. Pretty bad. Yeah. It's pretty bad. I'm not sure if they watched the same movie that I watched. Yeah. I I was like, man, who who makes these? They were definitely focused on other things. Like they just took a break and then resumed the movie during Take My Breath Away and then turned it <laughs> off and said, This is I guess this is the movie. All right. So oh, you know what one little thing that I wanted to bring up before What's we that? move into montage? Uh so Charlie, when she first comes across Maverick in the officers club, oh yeah, the guy that she's meeting, mm-hmm. do you know who that is? I don't. He actually is the real life Viper. Holy his shit, that's is, amazing. Yeah, his name is, um, I believe, Pete Pettigrew. Okay. That is actually why Maverick's real name in the film, his first name is Pete, Pete. Okay. in honor of him. Um, even that's though super cool. He doesn't play the character of Viper. But yeah, that gentleman is is the person that they they based viper on I so love that. yeah it's pretty cool huh um okay so montage we have a montage and what a montage it is what is it a montage of some amazing volleyball playing all right yeah okay i want to hear more about this <laughs> you've seen this movie right <laughs> yeah yeah i'm just setting you up it's uh you know um it's hot it's sunny they are sweaty slash maybe oiled up. I I think look, you're a pilot. You're out a lot of the time. You gotta you gotta have the proper SPF. So it's probably just like you know, sunblock was greasier back in the '80s. So you look like you're all lubed up. But really, they're just trying to take care of their skin. I think what is hilarious about this montage is that this might be the most useless montage we have come across in all the films that we have. It 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 literally gives nothing to the story. It's gratuitous. It's completely gratuitous. To the point where Slider has like that infamous pose. Yes. Like, yes. Is that, I don't know. Is that how you play? Vo- I didn't play volleyball much. So I don't know if that pose is like how you get set up for I something. I feel like that might not be the way you play volleyball. Is I don't, he just flexing? I, I think he is just flexing. All right. Uh, literal flex. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it, it is pretty infamous. 
I mean, people know exactly what you're talking about when you talk about the volleyball scene. The amount of sand. Oh, God. And like, yeah, the I mean, if they were oiled up and then the sand and then and then. They must have been like shooting each thing and then one speck of sand would get on them. Nope, we got to do it again. I'll say this much. The fact that like Maverick, you know, attempts to get in a shower when he first gets to Charlie's place, that is very like well motivated in the world of the film because I'm like, you must be disgusting right now. Like sweaty and like probably kind of stinky and slider stinks. Is it slider that stinks? Slider stinks. He stinks. But I feel like Maverick probably has like a pretty strong stench going on after that afternoon how many uh first dates have you been on where the guy shows up and he immediately is like so can i use your shower absolutely zero (laughs) and and there wouldn't be a date if somebody came to my door i "I want you to leave now do you mind if i just take a shower before we begin this date (laughs) uh i'm just gonna walk into your home and and i've never been here before and we don't really know each other but i'm gonna take a shower and i'm like half hour late yeah at least, yeah. yeah we, I, I feel like he was probably four to five minutes late. That's, That's her guess. fault for scheduling this dinner date at five thirty. Pretty early, yeah, yeah. It's kind of odd to all have right. a dinner date at five thirty. Okay, so with all that being said, let's jump into our conversation with Katie and Brad. Let's do it. All right, we are. So excited today for a number of reasons. First of all, we're totally stoked because we have with us today the co-hosts of the podcast, Well, I Liked It, who are Katie Roletto and Brad Dixon. Welcome, guys. Hello. Hello. Thank you. We're very excited to be here. We're so this is the first time that we're having other podcasters on the show. So this is going to be just so much fun. And also, this is the first time that we're having two guests on the show. So it is just going to be wild. Twice the guests, twice the fun. Twice the fun. Yeah. (laughs) We're breaking down barriers. (laughs) (laughs) We're such pioneers, innovators. Um, But this is, and also just on top of everything else, we have a really fun movie to talk about. This is a very serious movie. I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) a lot of of really intense themes going on um so okay so we're gonna dive in because we have both of you we have a lot to talk about so katie i'm gonna go to you first so the movie 1986 been out for a while as are all the movies we cover on this particular podcast (laughs) um so i'm just really curious like what your first thoughts were when you saw it like maybe about how old you were and just like what your first impressions were yeah, so when this came out, I was negative one. Um, but I, <laughs> um, however, I have a brother who's six years older than me who was obsessed with this movie. He wanted to be Maverick so badly. Every time, you know, he had to pick like a nickname or something, you know, it was always Maverick, Maverick, or like. <laughs> ace or we wanted to be like a pilot so and it all came from this movie so i was texting him when i was watching this and he's like i am so excited that you're doing you're gonna be able to talk about this movie <laughs> he's still so excited about it he still looks so excited and um he watched this and he's like i don't know how i became a heterosexual man because i love this movie so much i don't understand <laughs> Well, that's so interesting because, like, I'm curious, you know, I didn't grow up with a brother or, like, really close male friends. And so that's a really interesting take that, like, you did grow up with somebody who was young when the movie came out, happened to be a boy, and, you know, like, totally 
went in, dove into like the whole idea of this movie and the energy and the testosterone and the whole thing. I think I'm pretty sure that my dad took me to go see a Blue Angels show at Luke Air Force Base in Arizona because of this movie, because I was so obsessed with fighter jets after seeing this. Yeah, it it was insane. Like, yeah, that's crazy. And so like what is crazy is that for the first like, I think. This might be the first time actually in the history of our, now that we've been around for like forever, but the history of our show where we have somebody where we are talking to them after the very first screening that they've had of a film. Yes. And so Brad, gotta know, (laughs) first time seeing Top Gun, thoughts? I loved it. You guys <laughs> Katie texted me when she started. She's like, have you started it yet? And I was like, I'm about to start it. I just want to go for a drive. I'm going to watch it now. And I I text her during the credits, like the opening credits. And I was like, I'm, I am I love this movie so much. <laughs> I thought it was incredible. And I'm familiar with, I, I love Tom Cruise in general. Just He's just like, mm-hmm. to me, he's like the ultimate movie star. Um, yeah. And I feel like I could write a dissertation about it. Um, <laughs> but um, I think when I was... So I was really excited about it for that. But then when I started watching it, I was like, I knew about like what Top Gun was. I had no clue what I knew about the volleyball scene. I had no clue about anything else <laughs> in this movie. And I, I was in love with the movie from the beginning to the end. It was so good. <laughs> what what were like the things like, because like, again, like this is just fascinating to me to talk mm-hmm. to somebody who's having like a first experience with this film. Like, what were the things that like stood out to you? Was it, you know, the... I don't know, could have been the acting performances, I suppose. Well or like the the you know, flight sequences. Like what what like really hooked you? It was the music. It was <laughs> it was the music. That is a great answer. The, yeah. the 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 soundtrack to me, I, I was I was watching and I was like, this feels like a series of music videos strung together with a loose plot. That's what <laughs> I felt it was. And 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 every time that we got a new song, I was like, "Ooh, I love this song!" Or, 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 or like, I was like, "This is perfect for the moment." I don't know what it was. Also, the, it was the acting too. Like they acted in such a very specific way that um, I was not ready. I wasn't ready for what this movie was. I really wasn't. I thought it was going to be because it is a serious movie, but I mm-hmm. thought it was going to be more like an action movie that you get today. Um, and it wasn't. It was like an action. It was like. To me, I don't know. You guys tell me. You guys are the experts, but like quintessential '80s action film. Oh yeah, yeah. that's what I got, and I loved it. <laughs> no, With, uh, like throwaway one-liner '80s action lines mm-hmm. when they're when they're like going out on their mission to like provide an escort to to rescue the ship, and guys like I can tell we're near the MIGs because I got a hard on. I'm like yeah. that is the like the most that's 80s a very action 80s movie thing, thing to say. Yeah, also. <laughs> Also, that guy's erection is very unreliable because there were way more mids <laughs> than he also, also, he had a hard-on like five or six times throughout he the movie. He loved to talk about his hard-on. <laughs> he did. And I think a really funny thing, too, is Brad and I were talking about this. I just, I couldn't hold it in. I ha- Usually, we don't talk about movies before we, or we don't talk about them while we're watching them until we, you know, start recording. But he texts me, the sexual tension in yeah. this movie. <laughs> <laughs> And I said, it's palpable. I know. I know. Well, let's get, I mean, let's get into that. Yeah. Because I think that that's something that is now, you know, we're like 35 years removed from this film. And which is kind of crazy because I feel like Tom Cruise does not look 35 years older. Oh my God. He he looks like 10 years older. Yeah. Yeah. He's he's looking really great, and he's still like doing all his own stunts. And that's like, what Scientology can do for you. 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> this okay, is secretly a Scientology so- <laughs> podcast. <laughs> So moving right past that, uh, <laughs> but but like yeah, so that is something that has become, I don't know, kind of this like this conversation around the movie, and I'm just curious from like your perspective. Katie is somebody who has a little bit of a history with the film, and then Brad, somebody who's like pretty new to it. Do you feel like the filmmakers were kind of aware of what they were projecting, or it was just something that like? as audience members or viewers or what have you that we've kind of taken away from the film. I don't think they were aware. No, mm-hmm. I, I really don't. I really think that they were like trying to make a movie that they thought was cool and like men are tough and men get in each other's faces and men fight. And like, I, and, and that's what I think they were going for. And I think it was just natural charisma between Tom and Val. You know, mm-hmm. I think they just had it. They just they, something was there as yeah. chemistry, and we all picked up on it. And we said there needs to be something more that they're not showing us. It's like um, way more chemistry between them, between Val Kilmer and Tom Cruise, than there was between Tom Cruise and Kelly McGillis. I mean, uh, they literally couldn't talk to each other without like chomping down dramatically <laughs> mm-hmm. and like breathing, like inhaling strenuously like every <laughs> every interaction was just so labor they're just fighting it yeah they were at the edge I, of their seats the entire time they were talking to each other they were just like ready to fight <laughs> or something else i don't know what they yeah. were gonna do, you know like um i have a question for you guys like when do you guys know if like they've talked about what it was like filming this movie did tom cruise and val Kilmer get along like what was their relationship like Austria. Well, that's, I mean, that's really interesting. I, I know little tidbits and I kind of take everything with a grain of salt because mm-hmm. it's like, unless you get it from the the person themselves, who knows how many, like with telephone, like how many times this has gone through whatever. But all that being said, um, for one, I've heard that like Tom Cruise actually kind of kept himself apart from the entire mm. cast because he kind of was seeking that like outsider status and, and trying to make that very palpable and real. And so he didn't do a lot of, um, you know, just like hanging out with the other actors. And so I found that really interesting. Um, I don't know if this at all played into his character. And I don't know the reasons why. But apparently Val Kilmer did not want to be in this film. And he was con- contractually obligated to. And so I'm not sure if that had anything to do at all with the way that he kind of I mean I'm I'm hoping he's just a professional actor and he puts that aside but like who knows <laughs> so so that's as much as I know um Derek have you you know way more than I okay do, so. <laughs> Katie, like have you heard anything otherwise Katie no there was just a really fascinating article about Val Kilmer a little bit ago in the New York Times uh, just about his life and it just sounds you know again everything with a grain of salt that he um has to immerse himself in any project he does and he has to be a hundred percent bought in. And when he has to do these contract obligations, he's not a happy guy, but luckily Mm -hmm. this very much translates into this role. So run with it, go with it. Tony Scott made that work for for him, you know? (laughs) How interesting. Yeah. I'm so glad that you brought up the director of the film, Tony Scott, um, because I think that this goes a little bit hand in hand with what Brad said just a couple minutes ago in terms of this being like a very, quintessential 80s action flick you have so many people behind the scenes because like up to this point you know it's they made interesting casting choices because like i don't think vel kilmer or tom cruise were like seen as action stars per se um they both had had 
a couple big hits, but Val Kilmer was like kind of comedy with like Top Secret and Real Genius. And then Tom Cruise. I mean, he's he had a couple different outsiders, legend, but nothing like this. Legend is a deep cut, by the way. Oh, well, thank you. Yeah. Um, (laughs) but, But then behind the scenes, you have, you know, the macho 80s producer guys of uh don simpson and jerry bruckheimer so you have those two dudes and then you do have tony scott who also you know fortunately he's no longer with us but um when you look over you know his resume of films all for the most part like high testosterone super action super you know just like energy filled start to finish so i think that that's a really interesting like it's it's translated so clearly from behind the scenes now and i i think it's interesting the acting choice or the casting choices that they made because again these people none of them were really known for those type of role kelly mcgillis i mean she was in um witness i believe yeah and that was that was kind of her big thing so how do you feel about like the acting choices and like could you have seen anybody else in these roles i just have to say as a Woman watching many films and noticing the extreme age gaps of, you know, one that comes to mind we just watched recently was Elf, which is, you know, a lovely, mm-hmm. sweet movie. Um, but um, a Zoe de Chanel and a Will Ferrell, that's a pretty big age gap, you know, and that is not mm-hmm. an uncommon story. And a Kelly McGillis being, I think she's seven years older than Tom Cruise or so. Um mm-hmm. I just, I'm like, thank you very much. Thank you, Hollywood, <laughs> for idolizing a an older woman love interest, and that that um, that confidence and that knowledge can be sexy and can be attracting for a, a Tom Cruise. Um, so I was just like, yay! I was just like cheering from my couch when I was when I was watching because it's something I didn't really notice when I was younger because I haven't seen this in a few years. Okay. Okay. No, I think that's yeah. an amazing point. And, and you're so right. I mean, the only other, I mean, not that I have like super comprehensive knowledge of these things off the top of my head, but like I know Cher and Nick Cage and Moonstruck, that was another one. Yeah. Yes. Um, yes. Where she was the, the older uh, one in the couple. And I love that. And it's, it's a shame. I mean, I, and honestly, like, I don't know if I could say with confidence that they're coming back to that again. Like we still just see these like crazy. Yeah age differences um you know as much as people want to talk about like providing uh actresses over 40 with like juicier roles where they're not just all of a sudden and not not that you can't have an amazing part as like a mother or you know something that's kind of not like in the like like exciting i don't i don't know how Mm -hmm. else to put it but like i don't see a lot of progress on that end so that was a that's an amazing point that you're making i mean it made sense she was supposed to be an instructor there it would have been ridiculous if like yeah i'm this super accomplished person at top gun also i'm five years younger than you yeah yeah i would yes Oh, go ahead. But they, but Hollywood loves to do that, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I mean, they. I think uh, another one I saw recently online was like how to lose a guy in ten days, and she. I think she's supposed to be twenty four, and the head editor of a magazine when she's in twenty four. It's like you just got out of college. How would, would that happen? Yeah. Wait, how um, old is Tom Cruise supposed to be in this? How old is Maverick? So okay, great question. So this movie's eighty six. I remember when he's talking to Charlie about his dad, his dad went missing in 65. 
So that was 21 years earlier. We have like a, a board on the wall with like, <laughs> We're just like connecting all the pieces to. Yeah. So my guess is that Maverick was just a couple years old, mm-hmm. maybe when that happened. So let's say maybe he was born in 1960. So I'm guessing mid 20s. I'm confused okay. though, because when this movie started, it said present, present day. day. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh yeah. But okay. um. Yeah, yeah. So, Brad, what do you think? I mean, I mean, I couldn't, I couldn't figure out his age. I was, I was actually very curious about that. Um, I thought, I don't know if I could find anyone else to cast in this movie. I just, I think, like I said, I think Tom Cruise is the ultimate movie star, and he's just incredible. And I don't know if anyone could play this as well as he did. Mm-hmm. Um, and same thing with Val Kilmer. They just both seem to be so perfect for this film. Um, that I don't know if there's anyone else. When I was like, you were like asked if there was someone, I was like, who would it be? Who could possibly play these roles? But I'm sure someone could do an amazing job. But in my mind, like th- this, they're, they're it. One thing that actually did come to mind was Meg Ryan in this movie. Um, I love her. I feel like they really, <laughs> they hadn't quite honed in quite on like the Meg Ryan charm. They really made her just like a Midwestern kind mm-hmm. of like you would kind of see her sort of be like a little bumpkin. Uh, and I'm like, no, yeah. why are you doing that to my Meg Ryan? <laughs> you know? <laughs> I agree. Yeah. I I love Meg Ryan. Um, you know, like, I I gotta say, I'm not exactly, like, not to get too off topic, um, <laughs> I'm not exactly a When Harry Met Sally person. I'm more of a Sleepless in Seattle Meg Ryan fan. Mm. That's kind of like where I come in at it. Um, but I totally agree with you that, like, they... Maybe they didn't like do her dirty in this film, but like they didn't make her. They didn't do her any favors either. Yeah, they didn't no. do her any favors. Um, <laughs> go ahead. Oh, sorry. That bleached hair. That's all. I just <laughs> that bleached <laughs> hair was rough. Yeah. Yes, and just like everything she says is like so kind of over the top. I mean, I know the whole movie's kind of over the top, but she like takes it to another level. And like her husband just died, and I felt like. When Goose died, everyone, including her, were just like falling over themselves. Like, yeah, I just lost my husband, but Maverick, please, I need you to feel better. Yes, right. Oh. Like, like Maverick, I need you need to fly again, Maverick. You need to get out there. You're going to be just fine. Like, we want. I I thought like, okay, just let 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 everyone grieve for a minute. Here's every thirty seconds in the second half of the movie. I'm in. I'm going to be Viper right now. Send him out. no i'm glad that you guys picked up on that too because i i kind of wanted to know your i mean obviously yes it has serious tones like it it breaks my heart every time i see the scene of goose dying and it, it it it's honestly pretty heartbreaking i think anthony edwards he did an awesome job which makes the passing of the character that much more impactful and and so Definitely serious moments in the film, but it's hard for me to take a scene seriously. Like I was thinking about this last night when we were watching it. And I think this kind of ties back to the whole like sexuality of the film and like what was prioritized. But when Viper comes in to give like, I guess his version of a pep talk to Mm -hmm. Maverick, Maverick is sitting there in his tidy (laughs) whities. And I just it's the 80s. I mean, people weren't so sophisticated to have like the boxer briefs. <laughs> you had Tiny one whities. style of underwear. Yeah, that I'm... was basically it. Was it? Was that really you it wearing, for you guys? If you were wearing like full on boxers, he would have looked like his grandpa or something back then. Mm, it okay. Wasn't, uh... Interesting. Okay. Um, it, was, I mean, it would not have been normal. But look, at, like... look at all the, the heat that uh, 
what's her name got in some kind of wonderful for wearing those kind of boxers. You'd be ostracized by everyone in the Navy. <laughs> okay. <All right. laughs> um, but, but truly, like, how did you guys feel about those scenes? Could you take them seriously when they're set up in that way? Hmm, could I take them seriously? Um, <laughs> That's a heavy sigh. I took this whole movie very seriously. Um, <laughs> of course, yeah, I of did. Course. I could. I could take it seriously. The thing is, I didn't feel. I didn't. I didn't feel like it took me out of it. I guess I actually. Okay. Did, I actually think like when maybe I. I don't know. Um, yeah, I. I. Th- I didn't feel taken out of it. I don't know if I have a response to that. I okay. feel like I I just accepted it, you know, yeah, at this point. Sort of this, the reality. Yeah, this this is the picture, you know, but I knew Top Gun coming into here. I'm like, I knew the yeah. volleyball scene. I knew the sort of like hindsight of like, hmm, this does feel a little homoerotic. And I just kind of like, well, that's what it is. So let's put that to the side. But um, Tom Cruise's performance is just so wonderful. All the performances in here are just so wonderful that you, for me, it didn't take me out of it. You know, I just, I kept in mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Okay, that's fair. I mean, that's the, then the the film is like successful on that level. For... I mean, he didn't like walk in and slap him on the on the butt no, in his tiny whiteies. Like, <laughs> but I may, oh go ahead. Go I was ahead. gonna say I will say that like what took me out of it was that when he was like giving him his pep talk, he was like, "People die, people die all the time. I lost eighteen men. Like everyone's dying. You're gonna lose like twenty men." And I was like, "Man, this guy just lost. He just found out his yes. best friend died." That's what I was thinking about. I was like, "He just lost his best friend. Like you know, don't go in there and be like, people are gonna die. You gotta get out there and fly again." He just lost someone for the first time. I mean, give him a break. That's what I was thinking of. So I guess maybe I wasn't focused on his tidy whities Maybe I should have. <laughs> I'm not really clear on how much time passed because I know that they mm-hmm. went through like that whole like disciplinary review of mm-hmm. whether or not he could return to flying. But it wasn't super clear to me how much time actually passed because it's in the context of this like Top Gun course is still going on. And he had apparently accumulated enough points to graduate mm-hmm. with everybody. Well, it but- couldn't have been that long because they um, went out to fly and then they said, all right, two weeks to graduation. Okay. You know, every point counts. Oh, so, so it was just a couple yeah. days. Yeah, good catch. Yes, it was very short. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I agree. I agree with you, Brad. I mean, that that's another component of it. I mean, I I get it that it's the military and there's mm-hmm. just a very different way of thinking about death and, and that as an instructor – Maybe you think it's your job to teach the cadets or whatever they're being referred to. To, to like, like he said, you got to get over it. You got to move on. That's what this life is about. Um, so I get that, but I think the thing that also just like really bumped me is going back to. Um, I, I don't know if we, like, did you guys catch Meg Ryan's name in the film? Her, her name, I guess, is Carol. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, so that dynamic, because like you guys were saying, like that was Goose's wife, yeah. the father of her child. And the fact that, like, I don't care how long Goose and Maverick knew each other, and I'm sure they were really tight, but like the fact that so much attention is being put on how Maverick, and I get it, he's the star of the film, like, I'm using all these caveats, but still, like, it was so odd to me that she felt like it was like her job to comfort him in his grief. Mm -hmm. And on top of that, to give him, you know, goose's dog tags, I was like, really? You're not going to save those for your son? Like, it it was very odd. And then what did he do with those dog tags? And he then threw he threw them in the, the ocean. ocean. Oh, my God. <laughs> he full-on, like, old lady from Titanic. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> everyone's telling me, you got to move on. From the minute that Goose died and he's holding his lifeless body, 
like so two seconds of like, oh my gosh, <sighs> I, oh my gosh, I think he's dead. You got to let go. From then on, you, you only got two weeks to graduation. Right? Can someone yeah. explain to me how Goose died? He hit his head. Is that what it was? Yeah. I, I think he probably broke his neck on impact okay. from hitting the top of the thing. And I mean, like, I, I don't know, you know, it's curious, like, what decisions are made uh, during, like, the post-production process. But, like, there's that real quick line that Maverickism literally is he's hitting the eject button of like watch your head and oh, okay. yeah so but, I mean he's sitting on like a rocket chair that's going to launch him straight yeah, up I yeah. don't think mm-hmm. there's anything he could really I think it just do like yeah. malfunctioned or something didn't go right well I did read that this was based on an actual accident that happened um, because they did want it to be authentic mm. and that is actually something that happened to they called it in the article like the real life goose um so yeah i mean i'm not sure not taking it to a sad place but i think it's necessary to like acknowledge this person did you guys um read about how there was actually a stunt pilot who died in the making of this movie no oh yeah the movie is dedicated to him it's like literally the last line in the closing credits so it's like i don't know who's actually seeing that um but art shoal was the gentleman's name and what is very kind of eerie is that it was the same situation. His plane <gasps> went into a flat spin and uh, he, he and the plane were never recovered. Wow. Um, wow. Which I found bizarre because it's like, I, what, what happened in 1986 where like, he's, he's doing this for the film. There's a plenty of people who are like, part of what is happening in the moment where his plane is loses control like the fact that they couldn't recover the plane or him is feels very odd to me but that's um, so wild i mean because that's sort of reflective too of the story of maverick's dad yeah just like it was a mystery and they just didn't know what happened yeah yes i mean i'm curious like i mean while we're kind of in this place we're kind kind of talking about things a little bit more serious where do you guys stand on the idea that's been put forth that uh, Top Gun glamorizes war? Because in kind of in conjunction with like what we were talking about with mm. casting, um, apparently like some of like one of the other people that were reached out to at that time, possibly for the Mavericks Mavericks role um, was Matthew Modine. And he I get it for that that era, 1986. Like I get that he, Modine was pretty big star himself but he declined because of that reason he thought that hmm. the film glor- uh, glamorized war i mean do you do you see that yes okay um, i think so yeah i think like it made it seem like because so i was confused a lot in the movie i was like what are they doing out there like what are they training for i don't know what the war is like but i don't think people are just like they made it seem like they're just flying around playing pranks on each other and and like having a good old time you know what i mean (laughs) i didn't it didn't seem like they were like in war and i know this wasn't this is like training this wasn't an actual war but even at the very beginning when like the um at the very beginning when they were flying with cougar and he gets too shaken to land or whatever yeah i didn't understand those were like enemy aircrafts in the airspace that's an act of war like that if that had happened in real life that like enemy aircrafts had come into our training zone with our soldiers like that would have been an instigation of war you know and yeah. i feel like i feel like it's just sort of glossed over that it, it was one of the things that like struck me watching again i'm like there are apparently a lot of international incidences <laughs> Um, yeah, no, I think you're right. And I, I fully agree with you in that 
the whole nature of of what happened at the beginning with mm-hmm. these unknown quote enemy aircraft is left very ambiguous and mm-hmm. i'm guessing purposely f- so i mean we still were in the middle of the cold war that hadn't changed but we we're very very quickly coming to the end of the cold war um my assumption in the film was that they were from the ussr i don't know if that's ever as many times as i've seen the film i don't know if that's explicitly stated that was kind of my take on it the the i think so yeah if they were migs then okay i think that was i don't think they necessarily like said soviets or russians that often i can't i can't recall it i know we've seen some movies in the 80s where they say russians and i'm like wasn't it the which is yeah odd but um yeah so i i agree with you and then like the thing that I've actually always been confused about is when they actually come to Top Gun, were, were all of these pilots just all stationed in different... Like, I didn't know where all the pilots came from. Right, they, they were like, all, like, different yeah. stations around the U.S., around the world, I guess, wherever they were getting their, like... I guess it was, like, their junior-level training, and then Top Gun is, like, their expert-level training? Yeah, exactly. I don't know for sure. It's like, the, I best don't, the, best. the best of the best. The best of the best. It's just the best, <laughs> the best of the, the best. best. <laughs> so you find the different areas where there are the best, and you take the best of those, and then bring in the Top Gun. Boom, best of the best. Yeah, best of the like best. I wasn't, I wasn't sure how these people were recruited, and like where they came from, and they all like they talk about going to like Iceman talks about going to flight school with Cougar. Mm-hmm. You know, and so it's like, how do you, so you kind of all do know each other, but you kind of don't like. It can't be I, that big of a community, right? Like how right. many fighter jet pilots are there out there? And it seems I, a yeah. little, yeah, like a little like, like, you know, sure. You know, what, uh, this guy couldn't do it earlier. So you're going to go. Like it didn't seem like there was like a test really yeah, right. or like, yeah, like <laughs> this guy just kind of decided you're the best of here. So you get to go to the best of the best. Yeah, that's a good point. Know. Like, you you know the rules. Every aircraft carrier has to send one pair yeah, of pilots. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> like, I didn't understand how they are making these decisions. I have no choice. <laughs> I have to send you. But were there other pilots outside of Cougar and Maverick? That, or were they just the only two sets of pilots that were training? They were like, just those two. So we got one down. We got He's the only one we have left. Were there no, yeah. there was no one else? They didn't really seem like they I, wanted to send Maverick. No, no. Um, and I the, don't even know how they rank. You know, because... Mr. Strickland from Back to the Future, <laughs> yes. like definitely did not want, was not a pal of his and not a fan. And yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it. It's fine. You know, it's like when I say this, it's like it's fine. You know, it's whatever fine. they need to get the story moving, mm-hmm. and so. Yeah. I'm not and they got to let us know that Maverick's a Maverick. You know, we got to exactly. know from the beginning. <laughs> he plays by his own rules and sometimes okay. not even. Yeah. So, okay. So great comment, Brad, because the thing that I really need to like hash out with you guys is who is the hero in, if there's a hero in this movie? Because personally, I feel like Iceman, Val Kilmer has a lot of really valid points about Maverick's flight style yeah i think iceman's the hero yes yeah Thank i you. do I really do. I, do. I do not think <laughs> no. I, do not, I do not think that maverick is a hero i think maverick is a reckless no. I think he's wild i think he's out of control no i think he put their lives in danger although iceman i do think was guilty of i mean i think he's responsible for goose's death i do I don't too think they, that's, about that agreed. All. they yeah. all have egos yeah. they all have egos that's why they do this they're all i mean the it's like it's an adrenaline chasing 
career that they've all chosen and they need to be the best of the best and now of the best. So I think that <laughs> to, 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 to pretend like all of them don't have an ego, the only time that things sort of fell into line is when their egos dropped at the end and then they, and then they realized like how to actually cover each other and to fight mm-hmm. with each other. Mm-hmm. Um, but I agree. Iceman is responsible for Goose's death. So he is not mm-hmm. the hero of this movie. No, thank you. <laughs> well, I will I'll say that like, okay, maybe he's responsible for his death, but I think the entire time, like his his whole thing with Maverick was like, you don't you're reckless out there, you're gonna get someone killed, all this stuff. And it's like the first time that Maverick follows the rules, someone dies and it's not his fault, but he feels guilty. Like I guess, I guess okay, maybe you're getting me on board. Maybe Maverick is the hero. He is a hero. It's in his blood. It is in him. He knows what he's doing. He'll go through the tests. He'll go through the answers. He'll give the answer he wants to do, but it is in his gut instinct. I don't know how to fly, you guys. I don't know. I feel like, I don't know. I'm probably completely wrong. Like how you're actually supposed to be a fighter jet. Is that if I was playing like the arcade version of Top Gun, I could barrel roll my way out of getting hit by any enemy fighter just by moving the joystick really hard left to right. Yes. You you need to go to this Top Gun. You're ready. (laughs) It's exactly the same. uh, As far as the hero, Iceman solid responsible pilot who really cares about Mm -hmm. following the rules but in the end it was just him flying around with one engine getting like riddled with with enemy gunfire from like four or five other migs before maverick showed up to save the day hero okay Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so okay here's yeah yeah, please go ahead brad no no you go ahead anna you say what you're gonna say because i i feel like i think (laughs) maverick committed a heroic act Mm -hmm. in the end Mm -hmm, mm mm-hmm Okay, so I agree with that. <laughs> but that being said, there's nothing that Val Kilmer said about him that was incorrect. And for the purposes of, like, look, I've never been in the military. Um, I, I, under- <laughs> I understand <laughs> that there is, like, all these different things, code of honor, whatever. But I, I assume, and I think this film very much makes it clear that, like, your number one priority is having the other guys back. You have to be able, because you're trusting them literally with your life. And so for Maverick to just like go off and do whatever he wants to do and to leave his his other guy out there to go after Viper or Jester or whoever, even if it's just like um, simulated fights, like that is the antithesis of what you're supposed to be doing as a fighter pilot. Sure, but look, man, Jester... <laughs> Just fleeing, <laughs> running scared down below that hard deck. Yeah, that wasn't cool. I will yeah. never forgive him. <laughs> okay, you guys, were we supposed to know what a hard deck was? I was watching it and I was like, what it went wrong? What did he do? What's a hard deck? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's, and I think this kind of goes, this is like kind of part and parcel of what we've been talking about, where there's just a lot that's not explained. And yeah. it's like, no, 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 it's all fine. Just keep keep getting, you know, entertained by these like crazy like fight sequences in the air and these mm-hmm. like it's, it was hard to follow because the hard deck was this arbitrary like what was it like ten thousand feet? Yeah. But then they also showed them seemingly flying like five feet over mountains. Yeah. Right. Oh yeah. Like, what hard deck from what? From like, <laughs> the, tip, the tip of the mountain? I don't I don't get it. I don't know. I think a lot of the things they did, they were just like, we don't need to explain it. The people who yeah. watch this will just, they they want to be cool too. So they're just going to act like they know what's going on. That's you know, what I did. Like, yeah, the hard, the hard deck. That's what I did. I was like, yeah, yeah the hard deck, the hard yeah, deck. Yeah, guys. Mm-hmm. You don't go below the hard deck, guys. <laughs> <laughs> 
I mean, and and you know what? It worked because mm-hmm. like kind of what we've been talking about with all this and how, you know, like it impacted Katie's brother as a young kid. And also the idea of like, you know, where it stands on kind of this glorification of war. I mean, the the numbers show it that after this film came out, a ton more people signed up to be in the Navy. Hell yeah. So oh, I bet. <laughs> it it was very I mean, for for good or for bad, it was very effective. The one the one like uh US jet that got shot down or or whenever there was, I think maybe there was just one that got shot down and one of them had to like break off. But they show that guy they they both safely eject. And then you proceed to just watch the MIGs get vaporized. Like, you know, like, <laughs> so yes, it was very much glorifying war. And yeah. they're like, the Amer- okay, it's fine. The Americans are safe. We're gonna, it, it's we're, fine if the Americans are okay. We're right. Blasting right. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, 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 so when, when Maverick comes in to save the day at the end, he was so shook up that he couldn't even target people during the practice after, after Goose died. He's like, I can't even, I can't do it. I can't engage. But then he gets in the thing and he just starts black. I know it takes him a minute. He does have to get in his head in the game, right? He's got to, he's got to have him. his moment. But yeah, like, it's he, a Mr. Miyagi sort of thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but he does end up just like killing a bunch of people, right? Like yes. he just ends up like, just and, and, and gets out and he's like, we did it guys. We did it. You yeah. Can, I, can, no, I was like, I was I'm like, all oh, better now. Turns out yeah. I'm okay kill. now. I got it. I just need to get that out of my system. Yeah. <laughs> but maybe that's what the guys were saying when they were like, get him back out there. They were like, he just needs to kill someone. He'll oh, be fine. no. Be fine. <laughs> Stone. That's war. <laughs> that's oh, war. No. Yeah. I mean, I. <laughs> that's war. <laughs> I mean, I, we're laughing, but it 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 is a really interesting, like, kind of commentary. Um, I think that. Well, okay, so I don't want to get too out of myself because I, I do want to get to this place because, you know, I think we're probably all aware that there is a sequel coming out. Well, uh, aware that yes. we just watched the prequel to Maverick. Exactly. <laughs> so so it's coming out. But so I just want to put a pin in that for one second because before we get to that, I, I'm really curious. Okay, so we are talking 1986. We're talking the military. We're talking a film that is like crazy high testosterone. How how do you feel if if and do you have any thoughts if any about the fact that all the fighter pilots are male? Mm. Oh, I there was a line that they said at one point that um when they announced that they would have the plaque for the winner and the, the whoever whoever's like the top of the class gets their name on the plaque and as they're leaving, uh, um, Iceman says something like, "Oh, you guys like the runner ups is down in the ladies room." Ha 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 ha. Oh. And I heard yeah. that and I was like, "There are no women here," and they're probably. Are, like even today, very few women in these sort of training programs. And they're being taught by a woman, but the mm-hmm. amount of disrespect Maverick yes. gives her mm-hmm. the entire mm-hmm. time. And she folds. She completely folds. Yes. Like she'll chase after and be like, I oh, know you're right. You're right. You're right. And I'm like, lady, you're the only one here. <laughs> you're the only <laughs> one that like I can grab onto for like a little bit of hope that there's some like a little bit of feminism in this movie. But, um, you know. 1980s, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Katie, I'm so glad you brought that up. Um, I I wanted to talk about, you know, that for not not the scene in the officer's club, whatever that's called, but like the following morning, at least what I presume to be the following morning, when they get their first formal introduction to Charlie and that exchange between her and Maverick. How did you guys feel about that exchange? I mean, Katie, you you brought up the word uh, disrespectful, and yeah. I don't disagree with you. So, like, how did how did you guys feel about that? Like, was that like a meet cute kind of thing? I mean, uh, I know they technically he, met the night before, her? but 
What's that? What he's saying to her? No, the 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 following day where he now realizes oh, who she the, is mm-hmm. and and the authority she has and the way he treats her. Right. Okay. I cannot believe it, you know, because at first he seems a little embarrassed and it kind of sinks down and, and he just keeps whispering and talking. Mm-hmm. And I was just waiting for her to completely throw down the hammer and just be like, you're on, you're on my turf now, you know, mm-hmm. like you've been chasing me and you followed me into the women's bathroom, by the way. I don't want to backtrack too much, but that was weird. Um, very. Very weird. And okay. Not okay. No. I mean, yeah, uh, tw- yeah. Twenty twenty one lens on this. There's definitely a few, few things that ring my bells. But, um, yeah, and sh- I just never felt that she was just throwing down her authority of, you know, his superior in this. Mm-hmm. And it's just Maverick being Maverick, I guess. You know, and, and people just kind of let it go, including her. I kind of feel like for for an eighties movie, it was actually kind of a, a strong-ish female role. I feel like it like could have been. That's the wild thing. Like yeah. As much as yeah. we're talking about the disrespect that was shown that character, it was actually a character who was older than mm-hmm. the male love yes. interest and who actually was in a position of authority. And then they still found a way to, mm-hmm. <laughs> to take that all away. To take the it away The intentions were there and you saw the good intentions, uh, mm-hmm. but it is still, I mean, this is still a time where it is, and it is still is today, you know, a male dominated industry, male dominated producers, directors, crew, mm-hmm. writers of like, hmm, what would a woman say in this instance, you know, instead of actually having a woman, you know, involved. There's in probably a, a deleted scene where, uh, Probably a deleted scene where she was just the scorekeeper for the volleyball game. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, are there cheerleaders at volleyball games? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I appreciate the intention. I appreciate the yeah. try there. And and it's and it is it's good for the time, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's a really interesting dynamic because I agree with with what everybody has said so far. We're like kind of at its core, okay, that's cool. You have this like female instructor and you cast a, a little bit of an older actress in the role and she is smart and she is strong and she's ambitious. Got a cool car. Uh, got mm-hmm. a cool car. Mm, yeah, she does. Great car. <laughs> um, And like, yeah, she kind of holds her own. I mean, like the scene where Maverick is just ignoring her and then revs the motorcycle. I can't and hear like, you. I can't hear. I was like, could you be any more immature? Like, how is that attractive to somebody? But she does go after him and is like, I'm going to finish my thought. So like, there's these glimmers. She almost runs him over too. Like he's really it's upset amazing. that- yeah. uh, <laughs> Are you crazy? It's it's a glimmer. Um, but yeah, it's also a little bit undercut by the fact that like the way he just so disrespectful disrespectfully treats her during that encounter is like looked at like as like flirting or cute or whatever. Meanwhile, and everyone else there is just trying to get through that course. Yes, yeah, seriously. Right. <laughs> just like have the They're class. Like, Come please. on, guy. <laughs> I want to fly later. <laughs> Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting to say the least. Uh, okay. Okay. So I, I'm going to take the pin out of, of what, uh, (laughs) what I mentioned earlier and okay. So so Top Gun colon Maverick, Hmm. uh, was supposed (laughs) to come out summer of 2020. Mm. Obviously didn't happen. Maybe won't come out 2021. We don't know yet. Um, it's scheduled to, uh, but 
we know that Tom Cruise is back, um, at least according to, you know, IMDb, Val Kilmer nice. is back. So that's great. He'll change his name to Nice Man. To Nice Man. <laughs> <laughs> um, which, you know what? I didn't think, okay, in case like Katie and Brad, you guys didn't know, like Derek, this is a movie that we've watched so many, like it's on our like rotation of like movies we put on when we go to bed. So I didn't know <laughs> if I was going to be able to find something new about the film and watching it. One thing I did notice though, did you notice that in his credits, Bill Kilmer, his name is just Ice. <gasps> yeah. Ice Man? I huh. actually did Not notice Ice that Man. at the end of it. Like he just gave himself a nickname on a nickname there. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? That's amazing. Yeah. Do they ever? I don't recall them ever referring to him as just Ice. No. How do they get their nicknames? Oh, I I really would love <laughs> to know this too. Yes. Do they, they I make think them up? A great question. Um, I mean, like, you can't I, make your own. You can't make up you your own. Yeah, someone's got to give that to you. Yeah. yeah, somebody has to give it to you. Yeah. Uh, I mean. Well, yeah, I mean, where do they get their like custom fancy helmets too? Like the guy who oh, with their names whose on name them. was Sundown, his helmet was awesome. That's yes. the guy that like, kept on singing when they were singing <laughs> Got That Love and Feeling. He just kept going. Yeah. Um that's a great question, Brad. I mean, like, yeah, I, I wanna say that somebody else has to give you that nickname, but mm. You know, like it's Maverick, not the the captain of that ship because his nickname would have been like asshole or something. <laughs> I think right. his nickname was slight. No, uh, Stinger. I think I want to say, uh, although we never hear it, we never hear and, his nickname. And were their nicknames supposed to be representative of who they were? Because Mavericks was like, "You're a Maverick. Yeah, your nickname is Maverick." But I don't know if Goose was really Goosey. You know, he's, he's a little goofy, kind of. Don't you think he has like a long neck? I could see a goose. I see it. Yeah, I see it for him. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. That's what you go to. I don't know. I don't know. I, you know, I think you're right. I mean, I think that like, yeah, the nickname's like supposed to be indicative of like their personality. I mean, look. what's up with Wolfman? Yeah, uh, he's, he's a werewolf. Or like, like Hollywood. <laughs> Hollywood is like kind of always checking himself out in the yeah. mirror. Okay. You know. Um, Iceman, you know, that seems like pretty self-explanatory. Um, I don't get it. Uh, I mean, look, I'm going <laughs> to, you guys tell me, let's, let's do, let's go around in a circle. Um, I'll start with you, Katie. What was your favorite nickname? Oh, I got to go with Cougar because um, just the connotation that I think of today, it didn't quite sit well with me of what a cougar is. Um, <laughs> so that was pretty, Yes. I'll go with Cougar. I'll say okay. that. Okay. <laughs> okay. Brad. I liked Hollywood. I would like to, I would like for someone to call me Hollywood. I just think of the like that guy's a Hollywood star. And that's like if someone would say that about me, I would I would love it. So it, that's my new nickname. If anyone wants to use it, you can start using that. It's fine. <laughs> the only one that we're recording that does not live in LA. Yes. <laughs> Derek. Uh, I want to say Merlin because I like oh. how there were all these like cool names. This guy's like, I'm a wizard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I I gotta go with Viper. Yeah. yeah, I feel like that is just like he was my honorable mention. Badass, you know. And Tom like, Skerritt is badass. He is badass. Yes. yes. Um. Although, okay, so this is getting off track, but like. Have you guys seen the movie Alien? Not an '80s movie, just just barely not an '80s movie. But um, have you, are you guys familiar yes. with that one? Yes, I've, yes. I've yeah. seen it okay. when I was a kid, and it scared me because monsters jumped out of their chests. <laughs> oh, it's amazing! Yeah, it is like an amazing horror film. The reason why I bring it up is because okay, so Tom Skerritt's in that. Mm-hmm. Um, he plays Dallas, 
Alien was just seven years prior to Top Gun, and I feel like he looks really aged. I think they aged him up a little bit, maybe. Okay, they aged him up. I think so. Okay. The only reason why I'm saying that is because, like, I mean, I think he's, like, pretty dreamy in in Alien. (laughs) Absolutely. um, For a horror movie. (laughs) And I'm not going to (laughs) disagree with that. (laughs) (laughs) Flowing locks. And uh, and so I was like, wow, it's only a seven-year difference. And he looks way different. But maybe you're right. Maybe they intentionally aged him up. Or maybe something happened in those seven years. You know, they say maybe he had kids. People say that ages you. (laughs) You Okay, okay. That will do it to you, I'm guessing. Um, Okay, okay. Sorry for that, like, total sidebar conversation. But okay, so (laughs) Top Gun Maverick. Are you guys, okay, especially Brad, now that you've actually seen Top Gun, question goes out to both of you. Are you excited to see what this film could be? Like, do you do, do you feel like you need to see the continuation of Maverick's story? I am going to that midnight opening. I I cannot wait. I think I don't know. I they, they're flying the actual jets. Okay, so question. So in Maverick, Tom Cruise is flying the jets. Like I've seen a lot that mm-hmm. he's actually getting them to fly. And did they fly them in the original Top Gun? Or was it just all stunts? It was all stunts. They yeah. were just in like a yeah. like a thing to yeah. And but, from what I've read, like the Pentagon, this seems like a low number to me. They actually charged Paramount Pictures for usage of the planes and aircraft carriers. They they charged them one point eight million dollars. Whoa! Um, oh wow! And so yeah, they so so they were handling all the equipment on their own. I don't think they were letting the actors touch anything. Okay. I mean, Tom Cruise wasn't Tom Cruise at that time where he could be like, yes, exactly. let me like mm-hmm. take this like evil Knievel bike off of a cliff and let me do all my own stunts and mm-hmm. be so It tracks. He wants to fly his own plane. That makes mm-hmm. incredible I'm very sense. I'm to see that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And so Brad, considering, so did you feel this way about Maverick prior? Like, had you not seen Top Gun? Do you think you would have been interested in seeing Maverick or, do, or did it not matter to you? You always felt like this was going to be a movie you wanted to see. I would not have seen it. Oh, if I had not seen Top Gun, I probably uh. wouldn't have seen it. No, I probably I like I like I said, I've said this like five times now. I love Tom Cruise. Um, I'm like I'm like Rosie O'Donnell in the 90s. Um, <laughs> and um, and um, I, I, I pretty much like see every movie that he's in. Like I'm a like, big Mission Impossible fan. Um, but he um, this was not something that was like. I was like, yeah, I'll probably skip that. I don't think I never saw the original Top Gun. I don't really get it. I also mm-hmm. had an, a vision of what Top Gun was, which was much more, um, even though this is crazy to say, like much more masculine, even though it's incredibly masculine. I thought it was much more like, like guys with guns and shooting and like, just like, that's not Got my style. Oh, okay. Um, okay. But that's not exactly what this is. And it's the title makes it sound that way. It does. I thought they had <laughs> some Top Guns there. Top gun. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, I was expecting something very different. So when it wasn't that and it was much more stylized and like, like I said, it sounded about like a collection of music videos. If this Maverick is not the same, I will be disappointed. Right. Um, they they really need to try to capture that for me. That's what's yes. important. Well, what I'll be tough. I, I don't, yeah. Um, what I'm curious about is if they're going to be tongue in cheek about it. Are they going mm-hmm. to like make poke fun at themselves of just like of the volleyball scene and the homoeroticness <laughs> of of like this entire vibe of this movie? You know, because that is so. You know, even though I I don't think it was intentional at the time, but that is part of this movie. It is like yeah. ingrained in it. Um. And or are they just going to completely be like Mission Impossible, the coolest it could possibly be cool, 
super, you know, military propaganda. I don't know. You know, it's going to be really interesting to see. Yeah. I hope they don't go in that direction where it's basically just Mission Impossible, but he's a pilot. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But also it's tough to capture or recapture that, like, the sensibility of, of an 80s film. And I feel like in most cases when when people try it, it's not always successful. But I, I'm also not going to doubt Tom Cruise because right. he's, he's yeah. great and he knows what he's doing. And whatever it is you feel about him, I have a lot of respect for, for him and even more respect after that incident where like he was just laying into people on the Mission Impossible production mm-hmm. on the set as far as like being safe. Mm-hmm. So I, I have, I have like faith that whatever it is, it's probably going to be a really good movie. I've, I've seen, I think they have a couple teasers out. Yeah. Um, and so I've seen the teasers and it seems like the tonally it's pretty on brand. It feels like maybe it's taking itself a touch more seriously. I haven't seen a um, single guy in jeans on the beach. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, but I, I mean, I, I totally agree with you guys. I think that it, if anybody can pull it off, it is Tom Cruise. Um, I have the same reservations in terms of like, you know, I know it's hard to, what, what's the saying? Like capture lightning in a bottle twice mm-hmm. or something like that. Um, and like the, the thing that I'm thinking of right now actually is the, the trailer I've seen of the, you know, Ghostbusters sequel. Mm. That's supposed to same, same yeah, thing. was supposed example. to come out last year and didn't. And it felt totally so different oh, from yeah. the original. And I, I'll reserve judgment until I actually watch the movie. But yeah, it's it, it for people who have a, like a, especially a nostalgic love. Yeah. Um, for for a, f- a particular film, there's pretty high stakes to be able mm-hmm. to like pull off a sequel that is so far down the road from like you know 20, 30, 40 years down the road. Right. Um, to be able to replicate that. Also, I don't know how, like, just the way that the military operates has changed quite a bit. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's going to be Top Gun colon Maverick colon drone fighter pilot. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I didn't even think about that. They're just going to be sitting behind a computer. <laughs> <laughs> It's going to be like hackers or something. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's starring Miles Teller and I don't feel Miles Teller is like a like a military kind of guy. He really fits more with like a hacker guy to me. <laughs> yeah, I agree with you. So yeah. so we shall see. Um but guys, this has been so so lovely and so fun to get to discuss this movie with you both um especially just your you know different perspectives from being somebody who's kind of had a history with it and somebody who's brand new to it yeah so it's thank you so so very much for for taking the time to be with us oh my gosh thank you for having us we i love this conversation and i was very excited to join your guys' podcast so thank you for having us <laughs> absolutely it's been such a joy to talk to you you know experts on this movie and to get to revisit <laughs> it and also i knew brad would love love this and so i'm just so excited that uh, that came true yeah i feel like you don't get that a lot anymore you don't get to like tap into somebody's perspective as like a first time watcher of, yeah. of something like that so that was really cool <laughs> um like i mentioned at the top of our conversation you guys you guys have your own podcast which is awesome it's called well i liked it and I just wanted to ask if you wanted to share with our listeners what it's about, what you guys talk about on on your show. 
Uh, sure. Yeah. So, well, I liked it. Is our podcast? Um, we just watch a bunch of movies that we like liked as kids, that we enjoyed as kids, that we haven't seen in a while to determine if we still like them today. So, think of it like we're both late '80s births. Um, so we're like '90s <laughs> kids. Um, so think of like a bunch of what 90s- a weird way to put it. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, very, it's very true. Accurate. <laughs> very accurate. <laughs> um, so it's a bunch of '90s movies and maybe some early 2000s movies that we end up watching, and we just like say like you know do they hold up or or do they hold up but maybe like they're not our vibe anymore mm-hmm. would you say that's right katie yeah absolutely um it's really been interesting to kind of go back and have this memory they're usually movies that we haven't seen in years and years and years so sometimes we're really pleasantly surprised that our taste is 10 year olds and sometimes we're very disappointed <laughs> so it's it's fun <laughs> oh it it's a fantastic show we highly recommend anybody out there listening, please check it out. They're wonderful, as you can tell. Like, they're just so much fun. They're so, they have a wonderful conversational style. So, definitely go check out while I liked it. And I'm guessing, like, you're probably on most, uh, like, Apple podcasts and kind mm-hmm. of most yeah. places people can find it. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, pretty much everything, um, except for Stitcher. That's one we got to get on, apparently. We just found out. Um, <laughs> and uh, so maybe soon to be on Stitcher. And you can also find us on all social media platforms, um, yes. Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, Twitter, at Well I Liked It, across all platforms. All right. Fantastic. Well, guys, thank you again. And uh, open invitation. Anytime you ever want to come back. Thank you. That is so nice. Yeah, maybe um, we do a mini episode or something. You guys, we have you on our show when uh, Top Gun Two comes out or something. <gasps> yeah, that would be great. Would be great. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay, <laughs> yeah. it's a date. All right, yes. thanks, guys. <laughs> All right, what a pleasure it was to have Katie Roletto and Brad Dixon on the show. They were just awesome. Yes, so thank that was you guys. great. Thank you. It was so great. All right, uh, this might be the most useless question. Ever okay, but like the whole play it on wa- me. Would I watch this film again? Would you watch this film again? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I would. we're gonna probably see it this week again. It's it's a fun movie to watch from start to finish. It's fun to just hop in wherever the movie might be if it just happened to be on. So yeah, it's 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 a great movie. It's a great movie. Okay, so I I'm I'm kind of like you know patting myself on the back right now because I think I have a pretty great call to action. Oh, let's let's hear it. I want to know what people's call signs would be. That is a good one. I mean, right? Um, I mean, we waited around with everybody to say, like, what they, like, with Katie and Brad, like, what their favorite within the film was. Yeah. Um, but I want to hear what people would call themselves. I mean, here's the thing is that, like, like we were discussing, like, it feels like you wouldn't give yourself that own name. But we're offering an exception to that yeah, general rule. Yeah, yeah. So if you want to reach out to us, please do. You can contact us on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram. And the handle is the same for all three. It is at 80s Montage Pod. And 80s is 80S. All right. All right. Sneak peek. What's coming up next? I don't really have like a great clue. Oh. For it. I'm, I wish I did. Who's in it? Okay, well, sure. As soon as I tell you, you'll know the <laughs> film. So I'll just, I guess I'll go that route. Um, so, <laughs> okay, well, wait. Okay, so let me just name one person and see if you can get it off one person. Okay. Jamie Lee Curtis. <laughs> 
Yeah, no. <laughs> not... Okay. Oh, okay. oh, trading places. Yes. Nice. Good job, because I can't give you the two leads. That's too obvious. Yeah, if you had said, like, Eddie Murphy or Dan Aykroyd, yeah. then, yeah. Yeah, okay. Yes, so I'm super excited. Um, I mean, this is going to, this isn't our first Dan Aykroyd film, but it will be our first Eddie Murphy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a film that, like, I mean, he's just phenomenal in. So, uh, as we always do, we will have an amazing guest with us. Yep. And, uh, yeah, so you guys, thank you so much for hanging with us. And we'll be back again in two weeks. Yeah, we'll try to do better next time. Bye. <laughs>